So does a business have more value if it comes with a special government license that limits competition? Hey everyone, it's uh, David Barnett from davidcbarnett.com, the blog site, YouTube channel, iTunes, SoundCloud, Google Play, Spotify podcast, where we talk about buying, selling, financing, and managing small and medium-sized businesses. Normally I record these videos on my iPhone, but as you can see, my children have broken my little tripod. So we're using my computer today. Um, I've gotten a few emails lately and it's been a while since I've answered questions on videos. So I decided to record a few. Um, I got this question. Listen, I'll read it to you. Um, hi, I'm new to your channel. Um, and I connect with your old videos. I don't know where's the place to ask a question. So let me say it here. Perfect. Anyway is the way to ask a question. Just send them on over. I'll put them on my list. I am now looking into buying a non-emergency medical transportation business. I would like to know how to determine the worth. It's really only a service business, but the license to bill Medicaid is not being given out anymore. And so this is called an asset and how I do, do I decide what it's worth? Maybe I missed it, but I don't see a lot of videos talking about service businesses, so I would appreciate it if you could address this. Great question, great question. So there are different industries where you need a special license. And I, I wanna draw a big distinction here between industries where there is an unlimited number of licenses versus industries where there are a limited number. So let me give you an example. Many states, provinces, countries, et cetera, if you wanna be a pest control person, an exterminator and use poison chemicals to kill bugs, uh, you need a license but they don't limit how many licenses they hand out. What they're interested in is making sure that the people who are using these products have proper training, okay? So we're not talking about those businesses because the license allows you to open a business, but the state or the government isn't really limiting the number of players in the industry. They just wanna make sure there's certain training in place, okay? In other industries, like the one that we're being asked about here, um, this is a non-emergency medical transport business. So think of an ambulance that's going to take a patient from one facility to another, or maybe from hospital to nursing home or something like that, where there are no ambulance techs, there's no um, special care being given first aid, et cetera. It's just a, a business that moves people around. But for some reason, there is a limit on how many companies can be doing this. And the government is put doing this through um, a Medicaid billing number system. So, the government is limiting the number of people in this business. Now, why would they do that? And, and this is an important consideration if you're gonna get involved in a business like this. Because if you hold a license which limits how many people can compete in an industry and you are lucky enough to hold one, the very next question you should be asking is why is the government giving me this special privilege? And usually there is a trade-off, okay? So I'll give you an example. Um, in certain parts of Canada and in the olden days of the United States, uh, things like inner city bus lines were regulated by the government. And so the deal was that different companies like Greyhound, for example, would bid on certain routes. And this was the case with airlines as well. They would have a certain route and they would get the permission to run the bus or the airplane on that route and other people couldn't compete with them. Now, the trade-off was that the government got to set the price of the tickets. So there was a regulation, and if the company wanted to raise the bus ticket price, they would have to go before some kind of panel and, and demonstrate why they needed to. 
Um, the other thing was that they had to go on the scheduled time. Uh, they couldn't cancel a bus because they didn't sell enough tickets. So what the, what the state was saying is we want this service. It's in the public interest. But if you're going to be the one that does it, you have to run the bus on time. So even if there's just one person who holds a ticket, they can rely on your service. So, so it's that give and take. You get the privilege of the license, but there's something else that they want. And for other types of businesses like this non-medical transport, maybe there's not a lot of this business happening, but the government wants to make sure that a license holder is available for a certain region and that they will commit to certain service standards like completing a delivery within a certain time frame, or something like that. It's important for you to understand why you're being given this privilege because it really is a privilege. It means that other people cannot get into the market and compete with you. Now, what is it worth? That's a great question because having a special license which prevents other people from competing with you, what, what should that allow you to do? It should allow you to earn an abnormally large profit because under normal free market circumstances, if one company starts to earn a lot of money, other people will observe that and say, whoa, they're earning a lot of money. We should get into that business. And then you get com competition entering the market competitive pressures between different companies for the customers will cause prices and to be driven down and service to go up and all those good things that normally happen in a free market when different businesses are trying to compete for your business. If those pressures are being artificially kept away by a government licensing system, then what it means is that the, the business that operates under that license should be able to raise prices, reduce service, reduce hours, this should result in fatter profits. It doesn't always, but it should theoretically. Okay. And so what is the value of that license? Well, it's hard to attach a specific number to what the license is worth, but if the business operating with such a license is able to earn a higher than normal profit, then that cash flow is going to result in a higher than normal business value. And we're still talking about a service business, maybe has very little in the way of, of capital assets. And so it's still gonna be valued the way a service business is valued, except the multiplier that most buyers would attach to it might be a little bit higher than a free market competitive kind of business that has to fight every day to retain its customers. So it doesn't necessarily mean that there's a very special way to put a price on a license like that. It just means that you have to figure out why am I being given this special privilege? Because, and this is, this is the biggest point. If you own a business and you have some sort of restrictive license that prevents people from competing with you, you now are in business with the government because they could change the terms of that license or take it away or make any number of changes at any time. And you don't necessarily have any kind of right to compensation or anything because they make the rules. And we see this in areas like commercial fisheries, where a couple of generations ago, licenses were handed out for free, and now they're worth millions of dollars. I mean, the government could just change the rules. The, the actual license doesn't have a million dollar price tag on it, right? So that's where you have to be careful. I, I think it's a great question. Um, personally, I know that there are several businesses that I've worked on, not this particular one, this non-medical transport, but there are several businesses I've helped people with where obtaining a certain government license is a critical part 
to making the business function. And usually it means that there's a huge amount of paperwork and other sorts of things that the government is demanding in order for somebody to keep and secure that license. And in my own personal opinion, um, I avoid this because you end up at the mercy sometimes of bureaucrats who don't have the same agenda, timelines, or urgency that you do in solving business problems. So these people that you're working with, they get paid every two weeks regardless of what happens. And if you are relying on them to do something, and I'll, I'll give you an example. Um, if you ran, for example, a nursing home where I live and you took on patients who were covered under the public, um, public health scheme, um, then you would put that new patient in, you file your paperwork, and then the government starts paying you for taking care of that person. If the paperwork isn't done in a certain way, by a certain deadline, you could miss the billing cycle for the month. Now, they'll catch up to you next month, but what it means is that you now have to wait an extra 30 days for the payment that you were relying on to pay your staff and to pay your suppliers, et cetera. And so I know many people that are in that particular industry who deal with huge cash flow problems because there's always delays in getting their new patients onto the government system. Uh, although miraculously, when they lose a patient, the payments stop almost immediately, of course. Anyway, I, I hope you find that useful. Um, if you have any other questions, just submit them by email, put them in comments on the uh, YouTube channel. Um, I'm more than happy to answer them for you. And if you want to go step-by-step step through the mechanics of actually how you value a small business, um, then I would recommend that you do my Business Buyer Advantage program that you can enroll, enroll in over at businessbuyeradvantage.com. Thanks. We'll see you later.